0: everybody today i'm gonna be going live with my uncle ken
1: um
0: and this is gonna be amazing uh we're reading from romans 8 and we're gonna read all the way through and just kind of have a little bit of a discussion on it so what do you think about romans 8
1: uncle before we start what do i think about i think it it, uh lets a christian know that jesus you know, saved him that uh, Jesus took everything upon him and, uh, you know, put a, puts a stamp on what Paul's saying in 5 6 7. You know, he just puts a stamp at the end of it saying, Hey, uh, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, through Christ, right, the law of the Spirit who gives life will set us free. It reminds me of Galatians 5 1, where it says, It says that Christ freed you for freedom's sake never again to be put in a yoke of bondage mm-hmm. why did he free you to be free so you can have a relationship with him and his father our father wow. so that's what i love about it because because when your heart condemns you because that uh, you know the enemy is trying to condemn us all the time my mm-hmm. like god is greater than our heart right that's a different scripture but this can conf- you know there's so much con- confirming of that all over the place mm-hmm. and so uh I love it because at the end of Paul going back and forth, in my opinion, what is him going through discourse of I was uh, before I knew Jesus and I know Jesus and back and forth. He's going through the scriptures and he gets to the end of that discourse, almost what seems like with by himself going back and forth. He gets to the end of the discourse saying, you know, hallelujah, man, look what Jesus has done for me. Right. There's no condemnation. So don't let the enemy condemn you because uh, Jesus was condemned for you. So anyways, I guess that's what I love about that particular scripture, 8-1. Wow, that's amazing. 8-2, so. All right, well, I was
0: thinking we'd read it and then uh, discuss it. And um, we'll just stop in between, uh, um, kind of, s- we'll stop in between. We'll okay. go, all right? Okay. So uh, it goes... So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those. Wait, 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 can I stop
1: you? What version are you reading from? Oh, the passion translation. Okay, so I'm not gonna be in that Pat. I'm in a different translation. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. I just want to I read from a different one. So go ahead. I'm in the NIV. Oh, you're fine. Um and we're fine. You can read one and I can read one. And we can have a discussion. Okay. Excellent. Okay, we're cool.
0: So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish, because the law was limited by the weakness of the human nature. Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness clothed with humanity god's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that god could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin so now every righteous requirement of the law can't be fulfilled can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us and we are free to live not according to our flesh but by the dynamic power of the holy spirit what do you think of that so far
1: it just reminds me of other scriptures that confirm what he's talking about. You know, in John uh, John 16, we've talked about that before, where it talks about the Holy Spirit's going to come, right? Jesus says, I got to go so I can send the comforter. The Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, right? Yeah. The interesting thing, because he doesn't say he's going to convict us. He says he's going to convict the world, mm-hmm. people that are not of him, right? right. And so it's like when I read these things, it brings other scriptures to my mind. And like, you know, and then it talks about, well, it's going to convict people that don't know Jesus, haven't accepted him, right? Don't believe in him, like we've spoken about. Now, yeah. uh, you know, it's going to convict them for not believing. Yep. The Holy Spirit is going to convict the non-believer for not believing, right? right? And it talks about conviction of righteousness, right? For Because he has to go to the Father. And then judgment. And like righteousness to me, it just... When I read this right here, what he's done is uh, it always just brings me to, to scriptures all over the place. And so, you know, it's like um, one of the interesting things about Jesus says is that, you know, he's not going to take any anything away from the law. He's come to fulfill it. And I've all you know, I wondered why for a while. But I believe that he doesn't take the law away because the law is used right to point sin out. So he couldn't take it away because anybody that doesn't know him the law itself is going to be used to show you're a sinner, right? And so that's why the law is there. But then Christians, people that know Jesus, I believe are held to a higher standard than the law. Right? I honestly think that because the law of the spirit, there's no rules, right? You follow him, you listen to him, he speaks to you and he's directing you. And so, yes, the Bible has all these things, right? But God himself is directing you through this. Because some people can eat pork and some people can't. It depends on God said don't eat it to you. That's a lot more demanding than don't eat pork or don't do this or don't do that. When you have to have a relationship to be able to understand that you shouldn't do this, but your buddy can. You know, that knows. And to be able to live in that place where that doesn't bother me. It reminds me of my friend Pep. My friend Pep, he said a long time ago, I remember him talking about, he goes into this church and there's this guy up in front dancing. And he's just dancing with the Lord, right? There's worship going on and he's dancing and he looks over there like, you know, and all these people are sitting And this person doing this. But what was amazing about it is, the, you know, our father said to him, hey, he's worshiping me how he is worshiping me. This person's laying on the ground worshiping me how they're worshiping me, right? You can be sitting here. It's that same, that relationship, the, the law of the spirit, right? Yeah. It has to be directed by the spirit. So we have to be listening, and then knowing scriptures like this that there isn't condemnation. So when the enemy comes to you, right? What is he going to do for you? He's going to condemn you, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus points out righteousness. The scriptures talk about as you gaze upon him. This is a you know I think this is Second Corinthians three eighteen or First Corinthians. But when you gaze upon Jesus, you become like Jesus, right? So the Holy Spirit is not going to come and point everything else out to a christian because they're going to point you to jesus he's going to point you to him so that you look at who because when you look at him you become like yeah. him
0: yeah wow or if
1: you look at sin if you're constantly looking at sin what are you going to become
0: sinner
1: what you think about you become right the bible says that there are scriptures all over the place so, so you no know, he's confirming here that that you have to have a relationship otherwise otherwise you're going to feel what when your heart condemns you, know that I'm greater than your heart, Jesus says, "Right, My father is greater than that. So it's going to come to us. And if we know that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, and then we start understanding about what conviction looks like and what the difference is between condemnation and conviction, we start to understand that that for me as a man of God, God's going to point out righteousness. And what that does is like a dark room. This room is dark in the background. But the brighter the light became in the darkness, the dark uh, the brighter the light comes in here, right? What mm-hmm. flees? What does darkness do? Flee. It's not the other way around. So yeah. what happens is if, if Jesus' light was bright, 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 sin does what? It flees and it goes to a smaller section. Right. Mm-hmm. And as it gets smaller, smaller, we actually see it because it gets darker in that corner. Yeah. So when he points his righteousness, our righteousness, which that's him, right? When he yeah. points that out to us, what happens is, is we do see sin, right? Not because God's pointing out, but he's pointing out righteousness and darkness flees. And so that, that sin that's in your life gets pointed out, right? And when that happens to you because he's righteous, then know that I'm greater than your heart, as he says, right? There's no condemnation, Paul said, right? Yeah. If you go to that John 6, 16, 20, I think, I think it is he, he's not... The Holy Spirit's not convicting us, he's convicting the world, right? Because he's not talking to believers right there. Why would he say when he's talking about sin, you know, as those that don't believe, right? That's what he's talking about. So he's not going to point out something he's already from east to west forgotten, right? If if he had really, truly forgotten it, right, he's not going to point out that to you. Now, for people that don't know him, right, the law is still there pointing out what? Sin. Sin, yeah. That's what it's doing, because that's what it's made to do. It, the law is is perfect. We know that, but the law itself is made to point out sin and to make you aware that you're a sinner. And even if you know, all of us are aware of the the law, right? Even if we don't say we do or not, it's there, mm-hmm. right? There are principles that we all understand. They're in our, they're in us, and God talks about that, right? Being in you,
0: yeah. so
1: that when we blow it right that's what it's pointing out that's how you this is an interesting interesting thing tristan i believe christians can know that they're walking in the law when they start to feel convicted Hmm. right because the law is going to what so if you're not walking by the law of the spirit you're going to be walking in the law right yeah so i think even as a christian you cannot be walking in the holy spirit and if you're not in the holy spirit you're what walking in the law
0: Law, yeah Because the
1: only thing we have is walking in the Holy Spirit. So if you're walking, not walking in the Holy Spirit, you're walking in law, and then you start feeling what? Convicted, condemned for things that you do, mistake. It's an awareness thing. It's like, well, wait a minute. I, Jesus did all this work for me. He did all that. Why am I feeling that? That's because I'm actually walking in something the the Father doesn't want me to walk in. Yeah. And it can be different for everybody because it can be different foods. It can be this. It can be that. I'm not talking about you know what what the sin is because it can be different for everybody and then there are sins that are the same for everybody right but if he tells you to do something and you don't walk by faith in it that's sin right yep. so that would be sin for you well then when you feel that upon you i think that what happens is it's, it's identifying for you as a christian that you're walking in the law and all you have to do is like wait a minute that's not where i walk that's not where i'm supposed to be Jesus did all this. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, right? And it turns me to who? Christ. Jesus. And I turn to him and I gaze upon him, yeah. right? I spend time with him in many different ways. Jesus went up to the mountain spent time with him, right? Jesus, every, the Bible says, you know, I don't live by breath alone, but by every, right, word that comes out of the mouth of God. Well, who breathes the word? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. So when you start speaking God's word, right? And you start uh, uh, delivering what God is speaking. You're like it to me getting a double portion because when you get God's word in you to be able to to deliver, right? You're getting it poured into you. That's one portion. And then when you start delivering that word of God to to other people out there, you're getting like a second portion of what I would say is refreshing and it's seen in lots of different ways. Peace, right? I mean, there's lots of ways that you experience God's uh, water coming through you, right? He talks about rivers of living water, right? Rivers, many yeah. rivers flowing out, right? Because you're walking with them, and and you're like a you're like a pool, right? Being filled up, like that's John four, John seven is all that stuff's coming out you, out of you. And so when God's pouring his his self into you, right? He's in you one hundred percent, but when yeah. he's pouring into you all this stuff, it's like you're being filled filled up with The water, Water. the living water. And then you deliver that living water out, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're not walking in that, because that's walking in faith, then we walk over here. And we need to become aware of that. Like you're consciously aware of walking in the spirit or not walking in the spirit. Because you actually, the the most amazing thing is we have a right, I believe that we have a right to hear God's voice. That's what Jesus did. He gave me the right when I accepted him, I believed in him. He gave me the right to hear my father. Yeah. Just like he heard our, our father. Mm-hmm. I have the right now as a, as a son. Yeah. And yeah. so that can't be taken away. Here's another thing about that, that that word. Like I find something interesting. And what to me is, you know, the I people, you know, you're talking in an I format or a U format. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, when God is saying, when, when, when somebody is saying I, like if I'm saying I'm an idiot, right? Is that God saying I'm an idiot? Mm-mm. Is it? Is, so when God's speaking in the I format, who is he talking about? Himself. And it's always going to be what? It's him. It's going to be good because he's talking about him. See, he's saying I am. That's always going to be amazing. That's always going to be good. Yeah. So he's speaking in that. So when he's speaking about Christ Jesus in you, he's speaking about in that, right? Jesus yeah. is amazing. So when you hear I am, I'm an idiot, right? Who's mm-hmm. that? So there's only three people, three people that speak to you God, mm-hmm. yourself or people, and then the devil. Yeah. So when the devil's talking to you in the I format, because he he's not going to come to you and say, I'm the devil, do what I say. He's going to come to you and try to convince you that you're that person. But you're a man and a woman of Christ, right? So you're Jesus's righteousness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he come, the devil comes and says, oh, I'm an idiot, right? Or he tries to convince you that you think you're an idiot. <laughs> but that's not the mind of Christ. No. So he tries to convince us over time, right? And yeah. what he does is he says, I'm an idiot. Well, if you keep hearing that in your head, eventually people start what? Thinking that. And then you start what? You start agreeing with who? The enemy. Right. Because the I am format that I'm talking about, if the words are coming from God in the I am format, it's speaking about him. So it's not ever going to be like that. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Like you won't be saying, God's not going to come and say, I am an idiot to you. Because when he's speaking in I am format, he's speaking about himself. So who's coming to you in the I am format? The enemy. The enemy. Yeah. So when that's happening to us, you're walking in the spirit, right? You hear, even walking in the spirit doesn't mean you don't hear all that stuff. It means that you're not taking it on and putting it, a bit, making it a part of your life. You hear it, you capture it to the obedience of Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? There's no condemnation in who? Christ Jesus. We're in Christ Jesus, Right? We walk in the law of the spirit, right? Who gives us life, sets us free from the law of sin and death,
0: yeah.
1: right? There's a law there. It's yeah. interesting, right? Yeah. That, and, and the reason he had to do that is that that law is powerless. It's not that the law is not good. It's just that we couldn't live by it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's why he came and fulfilled it, right? He didn't take it away because they're going to use it to judge mm-hmm. because law points out, the law points out sin. It has to be there. Even for today, people come to know Jesus, right? Because the law points out the sin.
0: Mm.
1: And his loving kindness draws them, right? Yes, this is the law. It's real. I, I came and died uh, because the law had to be fulfilled. You know, judgment had to happen. I came and took it for you. And then what happens is he pulls you through that by the recognition that what God has done for me, it's like it draws me to him because that's so loving and so kind. And like most, the, you know, even where the Bible talks about hardly anybody would die for a righteous person, right? Yeah. Who dies for a good person, right? All the, Jesus came and died for people that hated him. Wow. That's loving kindness. So that 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 realization pointed out by the law, mm-hmm. right? Because if it ain't in faith, it's in sin. Yep. points it out, and you realize, and you go, that moment. For me, what happened, Tristan, is... I I went, all of a sudden, I realized that the Holy Spirit was my deposit Mm -hmm. to have a relationship with the King, right? Eternal life. He came to give you eternal life. Well, who is eternal life? The Father's eternal life. Yeah. So they came as a deposit. So God himself is my deposit to have a relationship with him. That is an aha moment that came to me where I just, I still today... I'm, uh, I'm 17 years. I've known Jesus for 17 years. And today, right, even this moment, it's like that realization that God himself is my deposit, mm. it just floors me. Really? It's an amazing thing. And so I, I probably went off this topic, of what we were talking about. I apologize. Oh, but wonderful. keep it up. Oh. It's like that kind of stuff is where all this pulls in. Right. Yeah. So if I know if I gaze upon him. Right. I'm going to become like him. Why would God want me to gaze upon sin if how we think we become? Hmm. So I know that he's not wanting me to. He's wanting me to look at Jesus to become more like him. That, I see it like this. Go ahead. Um, that's something that we have been
0: doing as a church, like at, um, my church. We're doing a fast from negative speech. So um, <laughs> I enough- try it's hard <laughs> that's, good,
1: that's good hey yeah yeah that's a good one fast from negative, negative speech so try okay. not
0: to listen to the enemy at that time because like you said like what we gaze upon we become so trying to be positive and god is positive you know he's like loving and kind and um, oh he's but,
1: also judgment he's also he judges you know and he and he brings he, you know so yes he's loving and kind but he's also going to judge and so yeah there's, he's, he has the ability to be righteous in the midst of all that, where we struggle being righteous in judgment because we don't know all things. Yeah. So he is loving and kind and all this, right? But he is also over here.
0: Yeah. well, definitely. You don't have to
1: forget that because that's the truth. I won't. no. No, it's, I, it's both.
0: I, I, I mean, Can I go back
1: to one thing that you're talking about?
0: Hmm?
1: I love the idea that you're fasting from that. Yes. Right. From negative speech. Right. Because life and death in the tongue. Right. You can speak death or you can speak life. You can listen to the father and speak life or you can listen to uh, the enemy and speak death. Yeah. Right. there. That's what it is. But the, we go back to that. I format. I want you to realize in my mind, in my heart is like when I hear God speak in the I. For, when I hear the I format coming to me, I know that God is coming from God when he's speaking about how amazing he is to me reminding me of god himself and that comes to me like the and then the i format over here when i hear the i format like i'm driving down the car right and and or this oh i'm an idiot i missed the thing that's not me no. right i'm 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 not there's no condemnation in christ jesus okay. and if you take that on and you're what condemning yourself so i have to know that the enemy so you can actually block that and stop that and capture that But I want you to hear this part, too. You're an idiot. (laughs) So when you hear you're an idiot, is God saying that? No, I don't think so. He's not going to speak that because God is going to try to get you. His whole effort in our relationship is to get us to turn to Jesus. Everybody, every human being, all he wants them to do, all he wants to do is have a relationship Mm -hmm. by us believing in Jesus. So he's trying to turn us into Jesus. So what if he says, do you think you're an idiot because you don't believe in Jesus? Is that coming from God? Mm-mm. Think about that, right? It's not because he's not going to turn you to God. He's not going to turn you to Jesus that way. Mm-hmm. So when you hear the you format, you're an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. You're stupid. Oh, I can't believe you did that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We want to take that on as ourself.
0: Yeah.
1: And this is what I want you to hear about it. Okay. Right now. Think about this. If righteousness, if you have Jesus's righteousness in you, are you that person that you're saying is an idiot no. or terrible or all these things that you're declaring you're done? You're taking it on, right? Because you're saying you're an idiot yeah. or a person's coming to you saying to you, you're an idiot, right? That's what that's the other thing. Remember, I talked about people. You've got God who talks to us, the devil who talks to us, and we Talk to ourselves and people talk. to. You. So we talk into that, that we format, the I, I mean, the I format and the you format. Does that make any sense to you? That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So I want you to know that because I want you to be able to stop the conversation before it gets to your head. Yeah. Like it gets there. It's there. But you stop it before you capture it, before you take it on. Take it in. Because, yeah, that. Because you that, capture it here, right here. And that's the point. You capture all things to the obedience of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now that's an inner, that's this you. I believe it's this I format and the you format, because here's the thing. If I came to you and I said, Tristan, you're an idiot, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, are you supposed to believe that? Are you supposed to know that we're not fighting flesh and blood? Yes. We're fighting principalities, Ephesians six, right? Yep. Okay. So if that's true, then me, if I came to you, who's trying to convince me to say that stuff to you? Yeah, the I theory. say it but I'm being influenced, right? Because I haven't learned how to stop that influence. Yeah. And do you
0: think that, um, so something I'm learning is that the spirit realm is more of a reality than the physical realm. So do you think that the enemy is, is, um, that there is demonic forces that are speaking into us as well, and not just the devil, but demonic forces that speak into us and in, from the spiritual realm into the physical,
1: that, allows I think, that I, kind of stuff to stir. I think that you can see that in Daniel when Daniel's praying and the angels are fighting the devil, you know, the the enemy and they're fighting Gabriel, Michael, they're all, they're fighting, right? That's the soulless realm that's going on. That's that realm where we have our soul at, That's what did Jesus come and save the oppressed? He set the
0: oppressed free. Right.
1: But he came and saved our souls. Our body's going, going to be dead and gone yeah. and we're going to get a glorified body. Our spirit, when Jesus died, he gave up his what? Life. It's he gave easy. up his spirit. spirit. Yeah. You're so going to give God, up your spirit too. Because Jesus God. came to redeem your soul. And that fight is happening in the soulless realm. And you can see that in, I think it's Daniel 7. And we can talk about that later. But you can find that battle going on. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it's going on. It's real. It's there. So, yeah, it is. Interesting enough, I think that the spiritual realm is—you know, Jesus, the, the the Trinity was spirit, right, and is spirit, and they were they were around before any of us. That realm's going on. Like God doesn't live in time; we live in time. Thank God we live in time, right? I mean, thank God you live in time because it 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 ends, and and what His intention is is for us to be with Him, right, permanently. But is so? Do I think that is true? Where. Where what, you, what happens in the spirit realm manifests itself in the physical realm? Yes, I do. I think it happens in prayer. If you go to Matthew 18, I think it's verse 15 or something, you can see, you know, he talks about uh, calling, uh, calling down what's in heaven, right? We're talking about unforgiveness and forgiveness. And we could go read this exactly, but you're seeing that realm right there. Then, like, the Bible says that Jesus... The Lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the earth. Mm. That happened before, right? Jesus being, my honey's coming and looking. Jesus Jesus was slain in the spirit realm before in the natural realm it happened. Mm. That's what that, I mean, the Lamb of God was slain, right? Before the foundations of the earth. Well, Jesus, the Lamb of God, died on the cross, not before the foundations of the earth. So it already happened. It's a a dispensation, I believe. And so it's interesting. It's like David, right, ate the showbread. He should have died. It's illegal to eat the showbread. Unless, right, and I think this is it. See, Jesus died before in the spirit realm, and their dependence on him, right, that's the faith. They had faith in the Messiah. David had that. That's why you have all the conversations with him. Abraham had that, right? He was righteous because of faith having a relationship right because that's what a relationship is about yeah having faith right believing in the one he sent i mean in john 6 28 and 20 you know he's talking to them there and he, and they ask jesus what's the work god requires us to do what's the arrogant god requires in the greek us to do and the and what he says to him is to believe in the one he sent hmm. that's the work that you and i need to do and here's the key if you and i believe in the one he sent we're going to walk in the spirit and you're not going to walk over here because you're believing him. You're responding to him. You're having that relationship. You hear his voice, you know, his voice, right? And so you respond in faith because you believe who he is and what he's doing, what his purpose is. It's like Jesus said, you know, Jesus knew what the father was doing. He knew the father's heart. We can know what their heart is. We know what their heart is. We can walk in that heart of God, in the heart of Jesus, because who lives in us? Jesus. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. So we can walk there. And that's why, and that to me, to be able to walk in faith, I think that for us to learn how to hear who we're listening to. Right. Because if you don't know who you're listening to, because you don't understand that, just like the I and the U format, the the your, you know, I think it's so important. I wish people would teach more about that, because then you recognize as it's coming to you, because you're not going to stop the thoughts. That's where the realm is. That soulless realm is thoughts. come. You know, you're not thinking all them thoughts. You're not coming up with them. You're creative. You're made like God. Right. You're not God, but you have that credibility like God has. So knowing, right? Are you creating death? Or are you creating life? Right? Yeah. Being able to understand who's speaking to you—it's important. I don't think that I don't think that we understand that people understand that enough, including me. Yeah. <laughs> if I did, if I knew more about, it, knew how to do that better, I would walk in more faith than I do, because that's the evidence of understanding of knowing where he, you know, what he's saying is walking it out that's the obedience part right yeah that make any sense or i got you a, oh no that makes sense to me I, I never
0: thought of it like that actually
1: so if god if you're hearing man you know this is the thing is god going to point out all your junk to you
0: yeah Holy Spirit. no no god's he, not pointing no, out your junk. he would be pointing me to sin yes. and i can't see sin i i can't become christ-like if i'm Focusing on well to,
1: to be more like Christ, you got to spend more time with him. Time with him yeah. So God's gonna point you to that, to him, because he is how we become more like him, wow. spending time with him. So think about the words, and that's what I'm trying to get to you right now. Think about the words. Okay. Is God gonna come and say, you know, you're this, you're that, you know, that? No, he doesn't need to do that. He no. can point, he can point Jesus out in you. And that's going to draw you to who? Think about this. When somebody comes and encourages you, it makes you what? Get closer to them. So when God comes and says, look at Jesus, right? Points you to Jesus inside of you and other people, both, right? Who do you look to when that happens? Jesus. And then you become more like him. That's why I mean, Thessalonians. It might be first, second, or second Thessalonians. Maybe maybe chapter. I don't know exactly. But but interesting enough is when you share your faith, you get more faith, yeah. more understanding. Mm-hmm. By sharing your faith, by sharing what God's doing, right? Yeah, you're going to gain more understanding. It's because the more right you spend time with Him. Mm-hmm the more you become like him and the more you become like him the more you have to share mm-hmm. so if if you and me and anybody this is this is the probably the thing like that condemnation and being convicted thing are big things right because that's the stuff that holds us down right when your heart condemns you know that i'm greater than your heart god is greater jesus what jesus did is greater than your heart and how you feel sometimes sure. so when you're feeling condemned right? Know what he did. That's what eight one's about. Mm. Look what he did. Paul, I believe Paul, and there's a lot of controversy about the Romans. It's a very powerful book, and but there's controversy about Romans five, six, seven, right? I believe that Paul's going back and forth in discourse, like who I was before I knew Jesus, who I am with Jesus. And he goes back and forth in discourse. And then he gets to the, at the eight and it's like a summary. Okay. Right. Yeah. Paul's like, what? I mean, he's like, therefore, all of this, right? It's going to come to one thing. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So that law gives you what? Causes you to point out your sin and death. That's what the law does, right? It's, It's a perfect law. But that's the point of, the point is to do that, to point it out, right? For what the law was powerless to do because of the weakness by us, right? Mm -hmm. Our weaknesses, right? God did by sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so so he condemned, right? Condemnation had to happen somewhere. Mm -hmm. He condemned sin, right, in the flesh. And here's the thing, in order that the righteous, requirement of the law might be fully met in us who in us wow. right that's interesting who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit so hearing god's voice how do you walk in the spirit you can't do that on your own you have to be listening to who the spirit that's why the i and the you format Getting an understanding of like, who's speaking to me? You're at work. Right? And somebody says something. I'm at work. And we take that stuff on. Here's an example of what I mean. A simple example. You're driving in the car. You got kids. A guy cuts you off. And you yell at, you idiot. Have you done that? Yeah. I know a lot of people have. I believe that's a spiritual thing because there's life and death in our tongue. Mm. So that's a spiritual thing. You spoke it into existence. You idiot. Now that's not you saying it. That's the enemy getting you to say this because you don't understand how to capture, because the guy's not an idiot. He is what? Flesh and blood who you're not fighting. Mm. So when you say that, now think about this. You got a bunch of little kids in the back in your car, right? And they're doing their own thing and everything. And they hear you're an idiot. Well, they don't have the understanding to block that. So they take that saying on. Mm. And it comes to them. And they're hearing what? I'm an idiot. Yeah, It's a spiritual thing. Mm. So they actually take that on. Wow. That's the value of not saying stuff like that. Your kids are experiencing it because they're in the spirit realm. You ask about, do I think this realm is bigger and more powerful than this realm? I do. And just even speaking that in, it goes out into that realm. Here's an example. that Them children that you're driving with, if they're not understanding how to separate what you're saying, like I'm trying to explain right here, and most people don't know this already. They don't know how to capture the thoughts that they're having because they're not their thoughts. I mean, they're not really you. Our thoughts are not us. Well, think for a minute. If the enemy can put a thought in you, is that you? If the enemy can bring that, if the enemy can influence another person and they say something like that and then you take it in, that's not your thought until you capture, until you bring it into you. At this point of the thought process, it's not you. It only becomes you when you put it inside of you, in your heart. So if you stop it here or you teach your children how to stop that here, first by not doing it and then letting them know what's happening in in the real world or the you know there are more than one realm what's happening and where the fight is at Mm -hmm. i mean the fight's after your soul that's what jesus came and died for the treasure in front of him why he endured the cross is the redemption of your soul having a being able to have a relationship with the father because if your soul's not redeemed you're not going to have that relationship with the father permanently Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It makes sense. So, so one of the most important things to do over here is to first learn this for yourself. You're at work. People are saying stuff. Even things that you're listening to. Even even things that you're actually don't understand, and you hear other people taking. At your age, at my age, mm-hmm. we take them things on. And if we don't learn how to capture that them thoughts and contemplate them before we take them on, right? What happens is they become us. Because we put them inside of us. But if you learn how to take thoughts and ideas and all these different things and then capture them here and then check them to the obedience of Christ. Well, there's a good way right here, right? If it doesn't align itself with this of the spirit and the spirit of God, right? Something's right there. That's why we have mentors. That's why we have men and women of God that have had relationships with them a long time that we're allowed to talk to them. We want to have them. That allows us to understand. Just like why, why are we on the conversation today? so i can learn from you and you can learn from me yeah because we learn both ways you say things that make me go and look man i need to know this Mm. and i'm saying things that make you go "Hmm, i've not heard that that way before you got to study it yourself be like the brian you know what the difference between the Brians are and anybody else
0: Mm.
1: i want you and you can go study this the difference between a brian and a christian is that they went to prove paul right how many people try to prove everybody wrong? Hmm. That's a mindset. Wow. Think about this. The Bereans were more noble characters. How is anybody a more noble character that believes in Jesus? Because Jesus is what makes us noble, not our own works. So if we have all of the Holy Spirit in us, that's what makes us noble. So how can Paul say that? And it's interesting because when I'm still, it's like what, the Bereans did different is they tried to prove what, what Paul was saying was right. That is a mindset approach. I approach what you tell me to prove it right, not to prove it wrong. Now, if it's, if it's not right, it's not truth. It's going to come out wrong anyways. Different mindset, right? Yep. So when you say something to me, I want to grab, I want to be able to grab it because if you don't grab everything said, then you have to stop it because you're not sure, right? But if you learn the ability to do this and have competing thoughts in yourself, in your mind, not your heart, competing thoughts in your mind, you're able to do what? Think about things that you believe and things other people are saying. And then you can evaluate both your thoughts and their thoughts to the relationship with Christ Jesus. And that allows you to I don't, if this is the right word, firm up your relationship, your understanding of Him. if that makes any sense. It's like, is your, the, you know, how do I know that your theology is not perfect? How do I know my theology is not perfect? Because it ain't. How do I know that? Because we don't look 100% like Jesus, yeah. right? We can't save the world, but we can represent Christ. We can be Christ two people. That means, right? And, like the- like Bill Johnson says uh Jesus is perfect theology. Right. So if your theology was perfect, you would look like Jesus. If my theology was perfect, I would look like Jesus. Now think about this, are there areas in your life that you look more like Jesus? Yeah. So think about that. If perfect theology is Jesus, which I agree with that, he is the Father. He says, "Look at me, you see me, you see the Father." So that's perfect theology. If he is perfect theology and you you have areas of your life that aren't, right, that you don't look like that, that means your theology is wrong in that area of your life. So you need to be open for understanding, right? I I think I told you this before.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Buy knowledge and sell everything you have for understanding, Mm -hmm. right? Because knowledge isn't anything. Knowledge is it. There's lots of people that have knowledge, don't have relationship with people. It's the understanding, the actually doing right. Cause when you understand something, you'll become obedient to that understanding. But, but just by knowledge doesn't mean that you understand it. It means that you're, you're gaining knowledge, right? So you got to buy all that knowledge, right? By giving your life, your time, your, your get whatever, you know, if you have to come and study for somebody, that's what the apprenticeships were about before. You bought knowledge because you apprenticed under a master, and and he fed you and took care of her. She fed you know. Well, back then it was men doing this, but women and they took care of you and they fed you and everything. And that was right. That's an apprenticeship. Yeah. So you were buying what knowledge, and then you were and then the and then you want to sell everything you have to gain the understanding. And the reason why that matters. Is because understanding allows you to walk in faith. Hmm. See, it's the understanding that you have. That's why when I said every when you share your faith, I think it's Second Thessalonians 1 11 or it might be first, could be in Phil uh Philemon too, but I think it's in one of them. But when you go that when you share your faith, you're gonna gain more understanding. So the more you share your faith, the more understanding. Remember John 4 and John 7? John 4 talks about filling us up. John 7 talks about giving it out in many rivers. That's that same concept. Mm-hmm. See, when you, when you get life brought breathed into you, right? That does what for you, man? Have you, have you had God speak and you're like, oh my gosh, right? That understanding that, that comes to you. And then when you deliver that out to, so, to somebody or whatever that you feel like God wants you to share that with, what happens? Oh. It's because he's the bread of life. He's living water. He's the light. That's what God uses him understanding so we can get it because we have limited, right? We have we limit ourselves. Like I have told you before, I told you this. Hey, take your mind, right? Take God out of your mind and put your mind in God. Remember me saying that? You know why I say that?
0: When you tell me what,
1: the reason I say that is this when people put God in their mind, their God can only be as big as they are. So you're limiting our God and not allowing Him to be Him. But when you take your mind and learn how to do this, the capturing, the thoughts, all these things, right? And you put your mind in Christ, your mind in God, think about your how big your understanding can grow. And I don't mean big like pride wise. I mean, like you can become more humble because that's what happens. The more you know about God, right? The more you know about Jesus, the more you understand of him, the more humble you become because you realize what you don't really know. And it's humbling. It's like, wow, look what he did. He's my deposit. He did all this for me, for you, for my children. That's a humbling thing. Especially when I couldn't do it for my children, right? You can't do it for your children. It's an interesting thing. And all the promises is like, I, I know I've taken this all of but But if you, if you and you learn how to do this, because son, you can't teach anything that you don't know how to do. Yeah. Sure. But you can't. It's impossible to teach something that you don't know how to do. Because what, when people try to teach things they don't know how to do, They become what I call a a professional. So there's professionals who right are competent and confident in what they know and they can teach it because they're a professional at that particular thing. And then there are people that try to act like professionals, I call them professionals. They're posers, right? Yeah. So they might be able, they might try to trick you and they might try to act like they know something. But if you stand back and observe and observe and observe and observe and listen and take in, you're gonna see right Mm -hmm. that they're actually not that that the person that that you want to be around they want to learn about that
0: that's true i've ran into people like that and you don't want to be one no
1: that's the other thing like you don't want that right so and and i think like paul he's like he's like uh you know to I, it's 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 to live as Christ and to die as gain, right? Or I think that's how it goes. I can't remember right now off the top of my head. But what he's saying is like, you know, uh, if I were if I were not here anymore, right, I would be with him completely. Look at the gain I have. But now I want to live like Christ, so you can know Him. Right. You know, I hope the I and the you thing makes sense to you because that's the well, thing. Fun. I
0: actually love that. And um, I think that that's going to help me with the negative
1: thoughts uh, fast as well. Because you under, that's exactly the thing. You're, you're, that's what caught my attention when you said you're fasting negative, right? Speech. Yes. Well, it's not the speech that you have to fast. If you catch it before the speech, then you, don't, then you capture the thought. Mm-hmm. You see the difference The speech. Trying not to say things means you haven't stopped it over here. But if we learn how to stop it over here, it never gets to the speech. Fast the thoughts. Well, you can't stop thoughts from coming to you, but you can learn how to, uh, how to stop them. And, you, and the only way to learn how to stop them is to learn how to hear your father better. And the only way to learn how to hear your father better, right, is to understand what he's saying. And that's why, this, that's why we go back to this. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Why did he say that? Why later does he say, if your heart condemns you, right, I'm greater than your heart? Why does he say that the Holy Spirit's going to come and I got to go so the Holy Spirit can come and convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment? Not you, because you already believe in him. Mm -hmm. He's going to point your righteousness out, which is who? Jesus. It's not yours. And so as he points that out, who do you turn to? Look at Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? And then. What what flees when righteousness shows up, when light shows up, darkness flees. So you actually get rid of that darkness that's there, that shows up in your life by spending more time with him, not looking at the darkness. So when you learn how to hear that and understand that, and that, I believe, causes your attention to turn to him, understanding who's speaking to you, understanding especially when you're speaking to yourself. Because if somebody you don't respect or don't trust comes and says you're an idiot, do you listen to him? No, most people don't. So then people aren't really getting to you. That's why you're not going to listen to the devil because you don't want to listen to the devil. You want to listen to Jesus. So if the devil comes and says, "Hey, I'm the devil," right? You're not going to take him and start listening. Or if people come, right, right, and start doing it, you have you have to learn how to stop that. So if he can convince you that you think you're an idiot, and that becomes inside of you, right? Because what's in your heart comes out of you. Mm -hmm. So if that stuff gets into your heart, guess what it does? It comes what? Out of me. So you have to protect your heart. Remember, guard your heart. Yeah. So you're guarding your heart from these thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I I think that the fasting speech, negative speech, is great. So don't misunderstand that. But you're my nephew, and I want you to learn how to fast the thought. Fast allowing them thoughts to come. Right, You can't stop them from coming. They're going to come, he says. Yeah. But learning how he talks to you.
0: I think that will benefit everybody watching as well, like if you learn to fast from the negative thought. Um, So if you guys are going to walk away with anything from this, definitely that would be it. And um, yeah. Well, thank you, uncle. Um, I don't know if you heard about Benny Johnson. I did. Um, so I, I think did. we should pray over the, like, I'd ask to invite you to maybe pray over the Johnson family and um, Benny and just for them to be bold in this situation. right now.
1: Yeah. So father, I thank you for, uh, I thank you for the Johnsons. I thank you for what you've done in their lives and, the strength that you've given all their whole family, how amazingly strengthened they are in you. They've learned how to strengthen themselves in you. And Lord, I just uh, ask you to go and remind them of your goodness. Remind them of uh, how much you love them. Remind them of, of what you've put in them to be able to share. Help them continue to see their purpose that you've given them. Help them continue to see uh, where their fulfillment comes from you. and And just help them be able to, to draw to you, send people there to comfort them, send people to encourage them. Um, we just pray for the grandchildren, you know, and, and the great-grandchildren that, that, uh, that legacy will just be so powerful that she was an amazing prayer warrior, amazing woman of God, their amazing family. And that, uh, and that that legacy is, is all over the world because of them walking by faith, listening to you. So we thank you for her. We thank you for the Johnsons. We thank you uh, for the legacy that you left us there that uh in a lot of lives they've affected. They've drawn people to you and that's the key. So I thank you that and I pray for them that they'll continue to draw people to you because everything I know about them, which is not that much, but that's what their whole life has been about. All of them is walking a life that draws people to you. And so thank you for that. Lord. I ask you to Bless their family, their church, and first of all, Father, we and last Father, we bless you for being a good papa. You know, we know she's with you. We know she's um, one of the witnesses now. So we thank you for that. We bless you, Lord, and I thank you for my nephew Tristan. Uh, what a work that you're doing in him, and so I just pray for that, just to grow strong and, and uh, continue to point people to you in Jesus' name. Jesus'
0: name. Amen. All right. Love you, kid. I love you, Uncle. I love you you too. Thank you for coming in. All right.
1: I'll see you in a little while. See you in a couple of days, huh? Tomorrow. All All right. Bye.